Well, there is a real merry-go-round going on in the world of rugby coaching at the moment. I, ca- I can't get my head around it. It's like getting a jigsaw of a cloud and every piece is the same colour and I can't, I can't solve it. So I'm going to one of the best rugby writers in the world. She's from Sydney Morning Herald. Georgina Robinson out of Australia joins us. Georgina, it's, it's a mess, but it's a topical mess. It is, it is, it always is. We're nine months out from the World Cup. I guess what's interesting is that, you know, this stuff is traditionally saved for afterwards, um, particularly in New Zealand. You guys have a long tradition of respecting the tournament and the team's aims and uh, going going after the World Cup. And but a few things have happened that have pushed these conversations or, or pulled them forward, I guess. So that's, that's what's definitely very interesting. What's brought about? This time, like, I've, I'm always a little bit uh, disturbed by the importance of the World Cup at the expense of all the other test matches and tours. And it's become the be-all and end-all. And I, and I worry for the four years in between World Cups. Uh, and, and I don't quite know why it's all happening this, this cycle. Yeah, well, I guess you've got... Uh, look, I think Wales and England are separate, Um but if we can talk about England to start with, you know, we've got a, a second-term coach, I guess, and uh, Eddie Jones is the kind of character, um, you know, who polarises people. And at the first sight, or, you know, t- to be fair, the sort of the, the second period in between World Cups when the results have really been really poor, um, people have lost patience. And I think all those tickets that people have been keeping from, you know, times they've wronged him or... Um, so he's wronged them or he's upset them um, or overlooked them. You know, that's all coming back to bite them. And I think the, the difference this time is that um, um, the Six Nations, you know, is just around the corner. Uh, and I think for players, there have been a couple of really interesting com- columns written by players like Mike Brown, the former England fullback, um, who, who said, you know, the players look like they're, of making mistakes now, so there's just no glimmer of hope, and I think that's um, and I think that's probably the thing that's really hurting Eddie. Um, and I mean, for Wales, there's just been no sign of any improvement uh, or any kind of um, anything that you know the the Welsh public or, or indeed the Welsh Rugby Union has been able to kind of pin its hopes on. Um, but to really, that was a really poor autumn series. Uh, from Wayne Pivak's team, so I guess that's that's what's hurt him. And unfortunately, um, they have a they have a they have a safe fallback in Warren Gatland, who you know, I mean, if you look at that record, what is it? Two Grand Slams, two Six Nations titles, two British and Irish Lions titles. Um, he's he's got an extraordinary record, and especially with Wales. So. I think that's probably what's happened there. And there's been genuine panic, I think, you know, um, a year out from the World Cup. We're quite, over in New Zealand, we're quite um, disappointed in the All Black season, albeit they won everything, but um, there were some really bad results. Well, they didn't win the tour that Ireland came down here. Um, We didn't win, well, we gave up our first ever loss to Argentina. There's been a lot of uh, falling out of the public with New Zealand rugby and with Ian Foster and I feel like that's escalated to monumental heights. And, and adding to that is the availability of Scott Robertson. And while he's a wonderful coach, I wouldn't want to be him at the moment because he's just being pulled left, right and centre. Where, where do you think he will land? 
Mark, I reckon Scott Robertson is absolutely loving life at the moment, to be quite <laughs> frank with you. I mean, he's the he's he's the hottest ticket in town, and justifiably so. Uh, I think I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion where he'll land. Um, I think the New Zealand rugby is under enormous pressure that he lands there, uh, but. You know, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he will. Um, there's been some really interesting reporting from the New Zealand Herald about how he's viewed um, from within the New Zealand establishment. And I definitely think it sounds like there's a couple of competing forces. There's sort of a force that, that sees Robertson as exactly the kind of um, game changer that, that the sport needs in New Zealand, just to shore up its position at the top of the tree. Uh, and uh, But then there's also a force that looks at it and goes independent thinker, doesn't want to toe the line, um, can our, can the guys we've got now work with him? And, and they have genuine concerns about that. And the other side of it is they have they also have another quality candidate in Jamie Joseph. Mm. So um, I, I think it's, it's definitely a really interesting decision New Zealand rugby has to make. And certainly from all the reporting I've read coming out of New Zealand, they, they, will, they will act soon on it. They won't wait. They won't give Ian Foster, uh, you know, a clear run to the World Cup. They will make a decision. And I think that's probably going to cause a lot of tension and might have some flow-on effects. Could you see the situation where New Zealand rugby do make an announcement maybe early next year that Scott Robertson will be taking the All Blacks post-World Cup? And is that fair on Ian Foster that he has the All Blacks next year, goes to the World Cup and knows, knows he's gone at the end? Well, it's, it's really tough. I, mean, I don't think I don't think it is fair. I'm not sure international coaching is about fairness. Um, uh, you know, I think New Zealand rugby and any rugby union, you know, they're custodians of the game and they have to make they have to make the right decisions. Uh, in fact, you know, another New Zealander, Dave Rennie, might find himself in exactly the same position. Um, it's when no one knows what Australian rugby is going to do about Dave Rennie's position. Um, you know, I certainly understand that he's certainly safe to take the team through to the World Cup. But, I mean, he, he in fact, put himself in the position of saying, uh, I need to know, you know, early in early in the new year because otherwise I'll be out be without a job, you know, after the World Cup. So, because I'll miss the boat on any other opportunities. So, he's sort of, you know, on the one hand, Ian Foster, um, from, all, from all indications, doesn't want to be in that position. But actually, Dave Rennie wants clarity. So... Um, I guess it's horses for courses. Um, I don't envy. I don't envy national unions, and I, I certainly don't envy, envy the coaches. Dave Rennie, I've always been a bit of a, I don't know, sympathiser, empathiser towards his plight with the Wallabies. I think he's got every little bit of juice he can out of a team that continually gets injured. It's never had deep playing stocks like the All Blacks have. But when I look at his results, I know there's too many losses in the column, but. Three-point loss to Ireland, one point to Italy, one point to France, two points to the All Blacks. He was so close, and it seemed week in, week out. He had five or six first-string players not available. Now, I know he didn't get the wins, but I still think he's worth persevering with. Do you think the Australians will persevere? I think I think they'll persevere for the World Cup. I think he certainly... Um, I think the results actually indicate that there's a, there's a good team in there. Uh, and that he deserves to take them through to the World Cup. Um, but I also don't think it's easy. There are easy. You can't wrap these things up in bows um, and present a neat picture. I think it's very complex. All of the factors that go into a team's success or otherwise. 
Uh, someone has to take take some accountability for the injuries. There have been too many Achilles ruptured. Um, there have been too many injuries that suggest players have been overloaded. And 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 then another side of that is that um, they lost their their two world class athletic performance um, people, John Pryor and Dean Benton, at some point during this season. So we've been using provincial guys kind of coming in and out. So players have had no consistency. Uh, and I think that hurts, uh, you know, and and Australian rugby needs to take some responsibility for cutting costs after COVID and, and, and making things pretty tough, you know, in terms of the Wallabies. But it's been a well-resourced program. I mean, the business has been, the business has sort of put all its eggs in the Wallabies basket, um, but some things haven't gone their way. And look, I also think um, Dave's selections um, deserve scrutiny and, and definitely some hard questions being asked. Um so I, I think I think there's a good he's shown um, he has you know developed this team to an enormous extent and he has also blooded some very good players guys like Mark Nwanganidawase, um, Langi Gleeson. Uh, I think there's lots of guys who will definitely go on to have actually great careers and quite long ones. And I think it might be a bit of a, a, a you know um, the next coach after Dave will probably. You know, if they're any good, and, I, and let's hope they are, they will actually reap the rewards of the hard work Dave has done. Um, but at the end of the day, 38% is a pretty poor win rate, Mark. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and at some point does have to come down to win rates uh, as long as you're, as long as you're um, taking into account all the other factors. And, and look, I think, I think the encouraging thing is that Rugby Australia, there, there, are, there are people on that board that understand that the system in, in Australia is, is broken and that they can continue to put very good coaches because Dave Rennie is a very good coach into the system and it will continue to not deliver um, because of the system. So I think there is a recognition that things need to change if, if they're going to actually um, get the most out of the team and, and the coaching investments they make. Talking to Georgina Robertson, Chief Rugby Writer for Sydney Morning Herald. Finally, Georgina, uh, in your column, you, you you talked about the friendship Scott Robertson has with Daniel Herbert, who's quite high up in Rugby Australia. If New Zealand don't secure Scott Robertson, and I'm not sure he fits their mould, I, I almost think uh, you've mentioned Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown, um, Leon McDonald seems to fit their profile. Uh, the public wants Scott Robertson. It seems the New Zealand Rugby Union wants something else. Would Australian rugby look at Scott Robertson if New Zealand didn't tie him up? Is the Pope Catholic, Mark? <laughs> I mean, like Scott Robertson, you know, and I totally agree with you on profile. Scott Robertson actually, I think, fits the, the Australian profile really yes. well. Yes. I, I wouldn't say Scott Robertson fit the England profile very well, but I think he would fit the Australian profile very well. I think he would, he would be a very good coach for the All Blacks as well. Um, but... Um, I agree with you. Uh, and listen, Jamie Joseph's um, an experienced test coach now who's done incredible things with Japan, taken them to an historic first quarter final in a Rugby World Cup, playing incredible footy. Uh, Jamie, I think also on paper, probably um, you know, ha- has the strongest credentials in terms of the experience you need. There is no doubt Scott Robertson you know, is, a, is a super coach. Um, but... You know, that step up to test level is, is another thing entirely. Um, and 
We've seen it with Dave Rennie making the transition and battling with it. And we also saw it with Michael Checker really battling in his first test coaching role. Mm. And, you know, with the experience of that under his belt, he's gone on to make a fist of things in Argentina. And even Eddie Jones, when he coached the Wallabies, he's been, he's been a better coach in every role since that. So um, it's an interesting decision ahead. Australia would definitely look at Scott Robertson. I have absolutely no inside knowledge on any interactions they've had. Uh, it's, you know, Rugby Australia are playing their cards very close to their chests. Um, but if you join some dots and if you also just think about the chairman, he's a very ambitious chairman who wants the game to go places here. Uh, hiring a landing a fish like Scott Robertson, you know, would definitely put Australian rugby on the map. Mm. And you'd get great pieces for your news of him. Paddle boarding, stand-up boarding, uh, surfing. Uh, Wouldn't we? Oh, and Aussies would <laughs> lap it up. Where the bloody hell are you? Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, fantastic, Georgina. I think you've helped me a little bit with my jigsaw, but I don't think it's going to be filled in until the end of January, February. Absolutely. And I don't think anyone with any of the pieces really know where it's going to end up either. Mm. Awesome, Georgina. Thanks heaps for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks, Mark. Cheers.